Well, this morning I'm privileged to be able to share with you in the series Rescued Past, Present, Future. We've done three weeks now, and uh, the name of the title of my message this morning is Results of Justification for the Rescued. The passage we'll be reading from is Romans 5, 1 through 11. So if you want to start to get there, I'll talk a little bit more about uh, the first three weeks of this series. We did Rescued from the Past. And um, Pastor Phil did uh, Sin, the Ruin God Rescues Us From. And then sandwiched in between, Phil, we had Matt doing Jesus, the hero sent to rescue sinners. And then Pastor last week did Justification, God's Gift to the Rescued. This morning we enter into the fourth sermon or fourth title, and that is we're headed into the present. This will be from the present. So this is rescued presently. And uh, the present work of salvation. And I got to tell you, I'm super excited to share this passage with you. I'm, uh, I'm amazed that somehow I got to do this sermon. And um, because it's nothing but a bunch of things that you have. It's, uh, I'll steal it from Pastor Phil. He said, it's like what we're going to share with you today is like a bunch of presents that are wrapped up and they're under the Christmas tree and what we're going to do this morning is unwrap them and reveal what it is that you have once you've been justified. Let's read the passage. Romans 5, 1 through 11. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we, now, we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Wow. Do you hear all the good stuff in there? Well, what you, if you didn't hear it, we're going to unpack it anyway. There's a bunch of gifts there for you. And since the entire passage is based on the fact that believers in Christ Jesus have been justified by faith, and pastors so 
put it last week, faith alone, nothing else. Uh, faith is, you don't work at faith. You either, you either believe or you don't. But it's faith alone that justifies. It is a completed action. And since it is possible that some of you maybe weren't here last week, I thought we might just kind of look at the theological definition that was shared with us last week. Because I was trying to look around and find one better, and I think Pastor hit a home run on that one. I couldn't find anything that fit it better. So let's, let's look at that. First of all, justification uh, placed in a right relationship with God. Just placed in a right relationship with God. But this is the bigger definition that Pastor shared with us last week. It's a judicial act of God whereby he declares a hell-deserving sinner to be righteous in his sight based upon the imputed righteousness of Christ. Yeah, there should be a whole lot more amens to that. Like first service, they were kind of quiet. There's a big, large crowd of you, and it's almost in the afternoon. I expect you to be a little active in the service. I think there's probably seven, I know of at least seven, there may be even eight results of you being justified. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, your Lord and Savior, by believing that he died on a cross on your behalf, he came and took flesh, died on a cross on your behalf, took the sins of the world that were poured out on him, if you believe that today, and he, and he died, and he was buried and he was resurrected that's the whole of what this whole entire series is about you were rescued through that if you believe that then now today you're justified all right and that's what the passage starts with but there's seven or eight of them and if i had until about 1:30, we could go through all of them we're not going to go through all i'm going to try and give you about five of them and i titled them in this way there's five a's five a's five words that begin with the letter of a and i do this hoping that you'll remember some of them you should remember all of them because it's what you have it's what you have now remember it's the present under the tree that you just need to unwrap we're going to unwrap them the first one is we've been accepted second we've been given access third anticipation fourth we see the affection of god and lastly we have assurance all right let's go gotta get going here the first one we've been accepted therefore since we have been justified so this is an action that's already taken place because you place faith in christ as i said earlier so now you've been justified it's a done act you're not working to be justified you already are justified Okay? And through what? Through all your works? No. What does the pastor say? Through faith. Okay? And pastor pointed that out last week. It's faith alone. It's Christ alone. And it's faith in Christ alone. What do you have? We have peace. Not we're gaining it a little at a time. No. You own it today. We have peace with God. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you, before you were justified, you had no peace with God. You were his enemy. You were at war with him. And what did you do, what could you do to get out from being with 
in war with him. That's an arms race you cannot win. Fighting against God, you aren't winning. He's going to win every time. So it's a, it's a war that you're at with him. And, and he says that we have this peace. It's in our possession. We've now been justified before God. We've been accepted by him. There's a righteousness to us now that we did not have before. So in the process, it's as though God, through Jesus Christ, has made a peace treaty with us. We're now at peace with him. And this is what I love. Later on in the passage, he said we have reconciliation through the blood of Jesus Christ. The, the, the peace treaty that God has given us is written with Christ's blood. It's written in his blood. It's to say, I paid the price. You now have peace with me. You were once my enemy. Now we're at peace. You hear that? You sound like you don't hear it. Or you're just contemplating it. You're now at peace with him. Whoa. Yeah, that should be that. I hope I don't have to coach you through every one of these. Let me say something about this peace. It is not what we experienced in the 70s. Peace and love, dude. Peace. Peace. No, no, no. This is a signed treaty with him. And he signed it, like I said, he wrote the, the peace treaty with us in Christ's blood. And he says, I was, you were at war with me. You were my enemies, but now you're no longer my enemy. You're now, listen, you went from being an enemy to not only being in peace, but you became a member of his family. Huh? I certainly did. That's what scripture tells me. Not in this one. I don't want to jump. And so another little statement I'll say here real quick and then we'll move along. This peace that we're talking about, this peace with God, is not to be confused with the peace of God. See, I can have peace with God, no longer be his enemy, no longer be at war with him, and not always have the peace of God. If you're sinning against God right now, let's say that you are justified and you've got some things in your life that aren't going so well according to how you should be living. The peace of God may not be what you have. You understand the difference? All right. So to experience the peace of God, uh, you have to be in the right relationship with him. You've got to stay in that right relationship. Don't break the relationship with him. The second A, so he did accept it. That's the peace, acceptance. The second one is we have now gained access before you were justified you had no access to God what fellowship does light and dark have how could you as a, being in the dark get to the light you can't God had no fellowship with you there was no access the access was provided through Jesus Christ so the access remember again is accomplished let's read it. through whom we have gained access by what by your good works you looking at the passage? Verse 2, first part of verse 2, we've gained access by faith and faith alone again into this grace in which we now stand. I have 
Since being justified, since placing faith in Jesus Christ and becoming justified, I stand in a different spot. Huh? Don't you stand? You, you were over here in the darkness. No grace. There's no, there's no grace in your life here. You might have been experiencing God's general grace. You're getting to breathe oxygen. That was gracious of him. The rain falls on those who don't deserve it too. But you get placed into another standing over here. It's a standing in grace. Are you thankful for the grace of God this morning? Oh, my goodness. So you've gained access to him. You've gained access to this grace. What's included in the grace? When I had troubles before, I had nowhere to go. How many of you know unsaved people that are pray to God all the time? Oh, man, uh, you know, uh, the snow was bad. We were praying the whole way home we'd get home safe. You've got no access to him. Until you become justified, you have no access. And that access is accomplished once again by faith. No good works on your part. It's all about him. That moves us to the third A. So we have, we've been accepted, we have access, and now number three, we have this anticipation of things to come. Anticipation. Okay, so let's, let's take a look at that. We rejoice in the hope. Hope is anticipation. When I'm hoping for something, I'm anticipating it. See how I took anticipation and made it fit hope, right? Got to get those A's in order. So you, you do that, you go, I'm anticipating what? I'm hoping in something. What are we hoping for? We're hoping, it says, and we rejoice. Remember that term, rejoice. In the hope of the glory of God. I'm anticipating the glory of God. Are you anticipating the glory of God? Are you hoping in the glory of God? Yes, you are. You have that. It's one, of the, it's one of the things he gave you when he justified you. A hope. And listen, I was telling him in first service. It goes on. He says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Now that's an interesting thought. We're looking at the hope of the glory of God, but we're glory in our sufferings. Why would you glory in your sufferings? Well, look, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance leads to, I'm using some other term, perseverance will lead you to build character. And character, hope. Hope. The anticipation of the hope. Guess what? Before you knew Jesus Christ, did you ever suffer? Come on. Yeah. How did you persevere through it? How'd you get through it? All by yourself. All by yourself. And, and, and did you find out it built your character and then there was hope at the end of all of it? Nope. Not if you're being honest. But in here, with my new standing in grace, with me being accepted, I'm no longer at war with him. Now I'm over here, I'm going, I'm anticipating a hope. 
I'm anticipating that as I persevere through a trial, I'm going to get character, which is going to give me even more hope. You guys don't believe it. So what do we hope in? We hope in the glory of God. In our sufferings, there's hope that's going to come from it. A hope that does not disappoint. The hope doesn't disappoint you. To hope in the Lord is never disappointing. He says, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It's another thing he gave that I can't begin to cover this morning. I couldn't come up with an A for Holy Spirit. No, no, no. It's just more than you can. We could, we could stay right there. But it's another thing he gave us inside of being justified. He put the Holy Spirit is now indwelling you. When you got saved, let me ask you this. When you first were presented with the gospel of Jesus Christ and you actually heard it and you saw it and you accepted that, you placed faith in it, did you feel an instant love from God? You did, didn't you? I did. Guess what? He gave us the Holy Spirit that we might continually feel that love. Yeah. So, it's a hope that doesn't disappoint. Instead, it gives us confidence. I have confidence because I'm being loved by the Holy Spirit. The God of the universe is loving me. You know what? I told my wife one time, I came home from work, and I'd had a conversation with my, uh, my dear, I had two conversations on the way home with my dear cousins, Rebecca and Deborah. And um, I came in through the door, and I told my wife, I said, you know what? I think I could die right now, and I'd be really a happy man because one thing I know is that I'm loved. I, I know I'm loved. I have a wife that loves me, my parents, my aunts, my uncle. I just love. I'm like, not everybody can feel that. But you know what I thought of when I was reading this? If all of that went away, if all of a sudden I did something, they were all disappointed, they didn't want to love me anymore. I got a love that never goes away. Yeah. This love never stops. Now, God can be unsatisfied with you, but the love never stops. I heard a man say one time, God loves you the same whether you're doing everything he wants you to do or whether you're not. His love stays constant for you. And he might not be happy with your action, and he'll deal with you if you're not in accordance with his will. But he still loves you. So that, so we have accepted access anticipation. That leads me to number four, which is the affection. And in this affection, it's God's love on display, demonstrated. Look at this, verse 6. You see, and I'm thinking Paul thinks they really do see this. That's why he said it. You see, at just the right time. What's the right time? Just the right time. When we were still powerless. Christ died for the good people in the world. 
those that would be religious to him, those that would give 11% instead of 10. No, 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 no. It says the ungodly. The ungodly. Before you were justified, I don't care how good you were. I don't care that you paid your taxes. I don't care about any of that. You were ungodly. You were ungodly. You could look in the mirror right now and say, I was ungodly. You could look at your neighbor and say, you were ungodly. Because you were. But now that you're justified, you're not. But the perfect timing of God says this. And this is his affection on display. You see, at just the right time, when you were powerless. When you were powerless. You had no ability. You had no power. You, I think of this. How powerless were you? Well, in Ephesians 2, he says that you were dead. That's pretty powerless. You ever seen a dead person? There ain't a whole lot of power represented there. You're pretty powerless. And guess what? In this powerless state, you wanted nothing to do with God. But at the right time, he introduced himself to you. And look, in your powerless state, in your ungodly state, you were his enemy. You weren't at peace with him. And what did he do? It says, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God, but God demonstrated his own love for us. Not just love. You see that? It doesn't say, it doesn't say that just some love came out of somewhere. What's it say? Because I saw it the other day when I was looking at this passage. But God demonstrates his own love. It's his own personal love that he demonstrated. For who? For the ungodly. He says for us, because we're the justified, but we were ungodly. And so he says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. And oh, if this isn't love, I don't know what it is. While we were still sinners, while we were still enemies, while we were hating him, while we didn't want anything to do with him, our state was so bad. Christ died for Larry Howard. He died for you. If you're here this morning and you feel you're in an ungodly state, you don't know him, you don't have the peace we're talking about, you don't understand the access we're saying, you don't have hope, let me tell you something. He died for you. He died for you in that state that you might have all of these things under a tree wrapped for you well. All you got to do is open them. While we were still enemies, while we still hated him, he died for us. Oh, is that not a great love? Isn't that an affection that God had for us? It's a great love. It's a great affection. So we move to our fifth A. We recap. We were accepted. We, we're at peace with God. We now have access 
to the grace of God. We anticipation through hope and the affection of God for us. Now we come to our assurance. We've been assured of some things, people. And, and listen, every one of these, you have them. If you're justified, you, these all belong to you. You can't earn them. It's, once again, you're in the field of grace. Here we go. Our assurance. And I love this section. I love all of it. How could you not love gifts? If you don't love gifts, something's wrong with you. You got to be kidding me. Or you got the wrong perception of what a gift is. If you, if you don't love gifts, it's because you probably think you got to pay for them. You don't have to pay for these. You've already been paid for. Yeah, yeah, you can clap. So let's read this, and then I'll just touch on some things. Since we have now been justified by his blood, this is where I said the peace treaty, the justification, that tre peace treaty was written with his blood. It's a stretch, but you've got to go with it because it says that. How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? If you've been justified by his blood, how much more shall you be saved through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? You get that? Okay, so let me, let me talk about that. So we were his enemies. We were reconciled through Christ's death. So how much more shall we be able to live a life that he wants us to live? How much more shall we be saved through his life? His death brings reconciliation. His life brings salvation. Because if he hadn't been resurrected, what did Paul say? You remember this line? Paul says, if Christ wasn't resurrected, then go eat, drink, and be merry. Doesn't he say that? I think it's in Corinthians he says that. It might be. 1 Corinthians 15. Okay? So, if I've been reconciled by his death, I'm now being saved by his life. You see, all of these gifts are being delivered to you constantly. They're already yours, but you've got to constantly look at them and say, oh man, look at what God did for me. Look what God did. And there's a more. There's more. But in the justification, this is the area that Paul touched on in this passage, so we're just talking about those. But there's so many gifts that he's given you. And this reconciliation by his death put an end to the war between us and him. It gave us access. It gives us an anticipation of hope. It gives us his affection for us. is displayed there. And now we say, I have assurance. What do I have assurance of? There's no wrath. I don't face. I once was in the, in the avenue of I was under his wrath, and so were you. I was facing the wrath of God until he justified me. I will never see his wrath. I will never be under his wrath again. I was, and so were you, but no more. No more. Hallelujah.
praise God, you don't have to face his wrath. You see, in the traditions that I grew up in, and I got saved when I was a real little boy, a hellfire and damnation sermon, and it scared me to death, and I accepted Christ. Thank God for the sermon. Thank God that a man was not afraid to tell me that if I didn't place faith in Christ, the result would be hell. But you don't have to go there this morning. It's there if you want to not accept the gift. But if you want the gift, you don't have to go there. Because I accepted it, and I'm not going there. I'm not seeing that wrath. But I grew up in a tradition where we felt you could maybe lose it, and you might go under the wrath. But oh, when I look at this passage, I can't find that anywhere. What's he say? Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Christ? I've been reconciled. I've been justified. I have a righteous standing before him. And so do you if you've placed faith in him. So, in closing, those are your five A's. We've been accepted. We have access. We have anticipation or hope where we have his affection is on us and we have an assurance. He will see us through. God's big enough to get you through this life and into heaven with him. Amen? I have that assurance. So, what now? What do I tell you to do with this? It's just the truth. It's just presence that we've unwrapped a little bit this morning. And trust me, we just unwrapped them. There's instructions on how to put them all together later. Right? Because we just barely, we're just covering surfaces on some of these. But the one thing that I saw in, these pa in this passage that was what we can do with these facts with this knowledge that Paul is sharing with these people in Rome there as he wrote this letter. I see it, and, I, and I, when I retyped the, the passage, I typed it in huge, big letters. Okay, Lord, I'm now at peace with you. I now have access through grace to, to you and your throne, and I, I can come to you with any problem. I have that access. I can anticipate in a, in a hope. I have a hope for the future. I, I, I have your love being poured out in me. And now I have this assurance. What's, what do I do with this? And in the passage, three or four times, he says, rejoice. Hallelujah. Rejoice. 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 Are you rejoicing at what God has done in your life? Are you rejoicing that because you're justified, you don't have to worry about his wrath anymore? And listen, you did nothing you did nothing. He did it all. He did it all. So I have one last thing. And that's I want to talk to the people in the room that you feel like you don't understand those five things. You, you don't know what we're even talking about. Um... And some of that maybe you're just a brand new believer and you've never really seen these things. So praise God, you're seeing them now. This should make you want to open that book and start looking for some stuff. Find out what you have in Christ. 
But maybe you've never placed faith in Christ. Maybe you've never, um, maybe you've just never seen him. You've never, he is the sacrificial lamb. He's the one who took the sins of the world on himself. God who became man because we could not get to God, he came down to us. He lived a perfect life. He who knew no sin became sin on your behalf on a cross. He died. He was buried. He was raised. He is alive today. See, I have hope and belief in this because I serve a God that's alive. Uh, Christ is alive today, people. I would love, I would love, and Pastor Phil and Matt's here and, and Dave and different ones, uh, Edwin's here this morning. We would love to talk to you about any of these A's that you want to talk to us about that you don't quite understand. Or you say, maybe you're just here this morning, you go, I don't know this Jesus. And maybe something we've said, maybe the Lord has prompted your heart. Because see, I can't make you get saved. I can't make you want these things. That's a God thing. God has to do that. But boy, we would sure love to talk to you about it. If anything we've talked about, you're like, man, I, I want to have that peace he's talking about. I want to have some hope. I want to have assurance that I'm not under God's wrath. If you want that, we surely will talk with you about that this morning. If you'll come and see us. Or if you just walk away from here and say, I want to know more about him, call the offices. We'll, we'll, we want to talk with you about these things. It's what we're here for. The gospel of Jesus Christ is what we're here for. The gospel of Jesus Christ is what we're here for. Yeah. Father, I thank you this morning for these truths. Wow. What magnanimous things you have done on our behalf. Um, just reconciling us through Christ, uh, justifying us through your son and what he did for us. Wow. How we thank you for that. Thank you for revealing these truths to us in the word that we might know that we're no longer enemies of yours, that we are at peace with you. Um, Lord, if there's, we rejoice in that. We rejoice in these truths. But Lord, if there's someone here this morning and as we've read the word and talked about these different gifts that you've given us, the results of justification to those of us who have been rescued. If there's someone here that doesn't understand this, but maybe you've prompted their heart, you've, the Holy Spirit's working in their life right now. Um, I pray they wouldn't leave before they talk to us. Or, more importantly, that they wouldn't leave before they talk to you about it. Oh, that they would call out your son, call out your name today. That's what we desire. But we also, those of us who understand that we've been justified, we just rejoice this morning in these truths. Thank you that we're at peace with you. Thank you for giving us access and hope and the love that you've poured out in us that's on display. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name. Amen.